Today's episode of The Lutheran Cartographer is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook at audibletrial.com slash Lutheran Cartographer. The Lutheran Cartographer, Episode 9. Welcome to The Lutheran Cartographer. I'm Nicholas Weber. Today we're joined by Brian Wolfmuller, who is the pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church and Jesus Deaf Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas. He is also the author of several books, including Has American Christianity Failed? and A Martyr's Faith in a Faithless World. Pastor Wolfmuller, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Nicholas. Great, great to be here. Give us a little bit of background about yourself, where you've been, and how you came to Austin. Sure. I'm, uh, I have was graduated from the seminary in 2005, Fort Wayne Seminary, and I uh, uh, received a call to, uh, to Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, and I was serving there for the last, for my first 14 years, um, until I received a call. Uh, it was about a year ago now, I got the phone call and went through the process and had the divine call to come down here to Austin. So this is my second call I'm serving, as you mentioned, two churches, so St. Paul Lutheran and Jesus Deaf Lutheran, which is really fantastic and a great adventure um, to do that. So, we, And it feels like I'm just getting started. We've been here about six months now, first Christmas uh, here on the ground in Texas, and so uh, that's really, uh, really fantastic. Excellent. All right, so tell me a little bit more about Austin. How does it contrast with some of the other places you've been in terms of the things that are good, the things that are bad? I was born about two hours from here in Kerrville, Texas, in the Hill Country, which is um, which puts me. So I'm a Texan officially. We moved when I was 12, so I knew. So it's comfortable to me, especially. I always think, you know, this is what the sky is supposed to look like. This is what the water is supposed to taste like. You know, Texas. Um, but it's really, it, it's really interesting. I mean, Austin is in, interesting itself um, because Texas is generally a pretty conservative state, and the Texas state capitol is right down the street. I can see it from the top of the tower here, so it's close by. And yet Austin itself has been for a long time uh, the typical college town with the University of Texas here, which is a huge part of town. And um, and so the, the, the phrase is, keep Austin weird. And that's, this is the idea that, you know, Austin is that place in Texas that just doesn't fit in. It's, it's not like the rest of the, of the state. So, so it has that sort of dynamic going on. Being in Texas as being in a conservative place, being in Austin as being in a more liberal place. In some ways, it's, it's not too unfamiliar because in Denver, I mean, Colorado was tripping over itself to try to become the first to, to make all these things uh, legal, marijuana legal and assisted suicide legal and and late late term abortion legal. Colorado was on the forefront of all of that stuff. And so we got to see it there and you kind of see that conversation happening here uh, in Austin as well. So there's kind of an echo in terms of the politics. Yeah, yeah, there's some similarities to it. It seems like in some ways, Austin's ahead, Texas is behind as far as the progressive agenda goes. And so it's um, we're kind of somewhere in between. But um, it, I, I like that myself. I, I, I think that we need to have a Christian voice of sanity in the midst of all of these things. And it occurred to me just recently how, you know, the, the, so economics, uh, the, the value of something is determined by the supply and the demand. And and Christian wisdom is becoming really, really low on supply, on the supply side 
I mean, as our culture trips over itself to in, embracing the secular wisdom, uh, the, that deep Christian wisdom, the understanding of the three estates and God's ordering of the world and all of this stuff is going to become really, really low in demand, and so its value becomes even higher. So that the so that the Christian thinker, the Christian um, neighbor, the Christian in conversation is going to have have something to add to the conversation um, that's going to be so helpful to our neighbor. And so I think, especially as the as the Christian presence diminishes in certain places, it's almost it's a it's an even higher calling to raise our flag and say, "Hey, you know, we're here, and and the Lord has told us a little bit about the world, and we'd love to. We're not trying to keep it to ourselves." I see. So to kind of sum up your point, it's not that these things in themselves, these new policies are good, they're bad, but the opportunity to speak God's truth into this place that desperately needs it is an exciting opportunity for you? Yeah, it's it's almost like, you know, as the as it gets darker and darker, the 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 can the little light shines brighter and brighter. And so here we are, we've just been doing the same thing, preaching the same thing for the last 6,000 years in the Christian church, and yet as it gets darker and darker, that the light of the gospel, it, 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 it shines even brighter, uh, and that's, that's wonderful. That's really exciting to me. Yeah, the beauty and the necessity of the gospel becomes all the more clear as the darker it gets. That's right. And we have to remember that Jesus is sitting on the throne, and he's ruling and reigning all things for the sake of his church. And he is—let's um, see, the reading for—I was just looking at it this morning. The reading for this next Sunday is Isaiah 49, and it's this great—Jesus is talking, and he's telling us what the Father says to him. And so he's like, hey, let me tell you what— what God the Father said to me, and he says, it's too small a thing to give you Israel. I'm going to give you the nations as your inheritance. So Jesus is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords, and we are part of his kingdom. And when we look out there and we see all these other little kings and lords and tyrants running around that say, hey, you should be afraid of me or you should whatever, we say, no, no, I have a, uh, my king is actually your king. <laughs> I belong to Jesus, and and so we shouldn't be afraid. Amen. So let's talk a little bit more about what you like about Austin. Tell me what are some of the things that you like best uh, in terms of being in that area of Texas. Sure. Well, there's I mean there's some of the there's some obvious answers. I mean the barbecue is fantastic. Um, there's a music culture that I've only just started to scratch the surface. Austin is called the live music capital of the world which is which is really i mean there's a so there's a really lively music scene um it's interesting also because the campus is here so there's no real professional sports teams but everything is kind of centered around college sports so that's an interesting thing and something i'm trying to adjust to i mean denver was a huge sports town they had everything there and austin is too but it's at a different level so that's kind of cool there's there's and it's a it's just a cool city the way it's designed there's a you have ladybird lake so the colorado river and then south of that you have kind of the hip new south congress revitalization then you got downtown then you have the the political stuff then you have the campus and so you have these distinct regions which are kind of cool and i think i like this is harder to articulate but both in colorado as well as in texas and maybe even more so in texas there's just the idea that that you can get it done. I mean, that you can make things happen. There's sort of a, 
Uh, Entrepreneurial? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, well, I think it's manifesting in Austin as an, in the entrepreneurial culture. But even before that, it's just kind of like you can, you know, you want go go get yourself a ranch and a truck and and start building, start making something. There's really a sort of you are the master of your own destiny kind of thing um, that that happens on the frontier, where it, you know, it says, hey, you you if if you get out there and you work hard, you can make it happen, and it's 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 like this fight against determinism. Okay. And and it seems like that is that sort of spirit is alive and well in in te- in Colorado somewhat and in Texas even even more so that anyone can make something of themselves and and it showed up in Austin like you said especially with all the high tech high tech stuff and entrepreneurial culture which Austin is becoming famous for as well and I just sort of like that because I I realized a couple of years ago that I when I grew up I always wanted to be a carpenter. And build houses, and now I, I just realized that I just I like to build theological stuff. So, yeah. um, so that's nice. It's kind of it's it seems like that's okay. In, when I visit the Midwest, sometimes it doesn't. That sort of hey, we gotta what we want to do is is kind of keep things plugging along like they've been plugging along, and the, and and the idea of building something new or creating something new is it's it's more. It's looked at with more suspicion in different places. So that's at least my own sense. It's hard for me to articulate that, but that's my sense of things. So let's switch. So we talked about the good, but there's also the bad. What What isn't as good about Austin? Well, the the worst thing, uh, and and I'm trying to I'm trying to redeem this, but the worst thing is the traffic. I mean, it takes forever <laughs> to get anywhere. There's so many people. I mean, Austin was always meant to be a small college town. And if you wanted a big town, there's Dallas there and there's Houston over there and there's San Antonio down there. So go to one of those spots. But but it is not. I mean, it's a big place now. It's it's like 11th in the country as far as the metro area is concerned in population. I mean, so it's and it's getting bigger every day. People are moving. I mean, Austin is like constantly ranked the number one city to live in in the United States. So, there, I mean, people are coming here like crazy, and the infrastructure is groaning under that. So, I got to plan, you know, an hour to get anywhere. But um, I'm trying to redeem it. I've started this. We have the Sunday Drive Home uh, YouTube videos, and we got the Stop and Go theology. Uh, so, that's me trying to redeem the traffic and make something of it. Uh, but that's tough. Some people have difficult, like for example, we don't live in in Austin. We live in in Round Rock, and um, we had to do that for affordability because uh, housing is so expensive in the city. But also, as we were thinking about the kids and where they're going to go to school, it's I don't, I don't I'm not sure I trust the Austin public schools to 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 deliver something like a reasonable. Um, uh, education that's not completely ideological. I mean, I'm not sure any public school is going to be good with that, but as you know, you you have the agenda of the sexual revolution just on manifest in Austin. So there's always controversies in the newspaper about the about the sex education classes that are being taught and how they're teaching the three year olds about gender fluidity, and uh, that's Yikes. that's no good. 
Yeah. So so not. there's that, and and you have the you know you have this Austin culture, which I think that is it's great for the church to be right in the middle of it and saying, hey, we have something ancient and wonderful and beautiful and redemptive. In fact, the redemptive thing, the redemptive name to speak to you. So I so I love it for the church as far as outreach goes, but as far as the, uh, support for the family and and growing up, then it, it's it's different. It's difficult. It's like yeah. some of the, the some of the best places for the gospel, some of the worst places for the for kids, <laughs> like like prison for example. You know, you want the prison is one of the best places to go and speak the gospel, but prison is not the place where you want your kids to be. So, um, so that, so you always feel that contrast a little bit. Um, yeah. So that is one thing that we often, that I do ask on this podcast is what's it like to raise a family there? In addition to the public school issue, uh, is there anything else that you would talk about in terms of unique things that you see in Austin, either good or bad in terms, in, as it relates to raising uh, your family and leading your family? It's one of the things that Drew Carey and I hear because we, I grew up in Texas, so I did my vicarage here. One of the things we've always known is that Texas itself has a very open, generous, welcoming, and respectful culture, and we wanted that to rub off on our own kids. So that was one of the, that was one of the things that was in our mind as we were, as we were weighing the the call here. Um, you know, the kids in Texas still generally say yes, sir, and and yes, ma'am. There, and there's an openness. There's a hospitality that's that's baked into the culture of Texas, and that's really really good. I mean, it has its own difficulties, of co- of course, like any cultural things. You, you try to figure out if if the welcome and warmness is a uh, is is a cultural thing or a genuine thing, and and but it's good. It's, we should be open and welcoming to one another and, and respectful, especially the children. And so um, so that's one of the things that is is really good about this place. All right. And tell me, you mentioned that Texas and Austin are kind of two different things or one thing inside of another. Is that culture still there in Austin or is it only in outlying areas like Round Rock, do you think? No, it is interesting. I don't know. I It's yet. Yeah, the answer is... It's it's competing with one another. So it's in some ways it's like the, um, you know, Austin. It's like a it's like the estuary. It's like where the river flows into the ocean, and it's all and so you're it's so sometimes it's going to be fresh water and sometimes it's going to be salt water, and you can't quite be sure. I've I've thought that whenever I drive around Texas, that the drivers in Texas are so are so kind. I mean, that you'll be driving on a two lane road and the person in front of you will pull over on the side so you can pass them without having to cross the lane i mean this is this kind of generous way of driving is great and that does not exist in austin (laughs) it is like bumper cars around here it's crazy so what you can just say oh that person's from california you know that person's from new york so it is a mix but the the old austin is a so the old austin laments New Austin in some ways, because old Austin was really laid back, really sort of put your boots up, uh, take a load off, kind of, you're in Austin, you're not in Dallas anymore, this isn't Houston, take it easy, kind of thing. New Austin is is a little bit more, it's kind of driving and pulsing and pushing, and and uh, and so those are always they're kind of fighting back and forth with each other, and you see it in the interviews on the news and, and things like that, so... Interesting. Yeah, we have kind of the same sort of thing in Seattle where 
it was a very kind of laid back culture, but now with the tech and with the influx of people, there's almost this gold rush mentality of I gotta get what's mine kind of thing. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsor. If you're listening to this podcast on the go, you know the power of having audio in your ears. And Audible wants to put the great books that you would like to listen to there as well with their free 30-day trial of their service that comes with a free audiobook. So if you're looking for a book to check out, to try it out, I would recommend Martin Luther's Table Talk, Seven Hours of the Wit and Wisdom of Martin Luther. But if you're not interested in Table Talk, they have a wide variety to choose from beyond Table Talk. So check it out at audibletrial.com slash Lutheran Cartographer. Let's get back to the show. All right, so let's let's make sure that we uh, get to what things you like best about the area. Any restaurants, I, in terms of like things to see and things to do. So like restaurants you'd highlight, activities, museums, things like that. What would you recommend people see? It, I suppose it depends on the season. Um, you got to be, so be warned to come to Austin in the summer is to want to stay inside because... <laughs> It's a, it's the flip from Colorado where the summers were so nice and the winters were, you know, you never knew here. I mean, we were at a soccer game last night. It's in January and it was 75 degrees. We're sitting in short sleeves at a soccer game at, and it's dark out. It's the most unbelievable thing. Uh, so it depends on the season a lot. Um, the main thing, so when you, you is the barbecue here in, in Austin is fantastic. I've, I've thought that I should start a little side blog which would be austin barbecue and uh have a little project to go and taste test all the barbecue in all the different places but it's it's famous around here he really just put in barbecue and there's probably something within walking distance uh fr- from you i think rudy's started here which is one of my favorites because they always have the gas station out front and it's just the kind of the great idea in fact there's a gas station that we walk to from our house that has a has a, a restaurant in it with pizza and burgers and everything and a, like this really nice wine collection and the idea of the of the gas station restaurant I think is so fantastic because it's like look we're not going to be presumptuous we're just going to give you good food uh, so I I, I like that um, there's a lot of stuff to do at UT there's a bunch of uh, museums and there's a lot of music. It depends on what you what you really like, but if you if you like the sort of nightlife or just kind of new eatery stuff, South Congress uh, is the place to go for that. And there's a lot of fancy stuff downtown. The Bat Bridge is one of the famous monuments. So there's a bunch of bats that live under the Congress Street Bridge, and it's such a beautiful view to sit on on the Congress Street Bridge and you look straight up Congress Avenue, and right through downtown, and it ends right at the State Capitol, which is a beautiful building. So that's uh, so that's really cool, um, but I'm I'm interested, you know, Nicholas, in doing this interview in two years from now, as you give me more time to dig into the place and then see what I have to recommend there, because there's a lot going on around here that we're just starting to sort of the dust is settling from the move, and we're just starting to poke our nose around and explore a little bit more, and there is a lot to explore. Uh, in, in Austin, in Round Rock, there's a cool little downtown. Georgetown is just North cute, cute little town with a lot of shops and restaurants. So there's a lot of places like that all, all around us. Neat. Yeah. We'll definitely put that on the calendar to, to talk again in two years. Good. 
All right, so I want to make sure that we have a little bit of time to talk about uh, A Martyr's Faith, which is your latest book, and encourage our, our listeners to check it out and the reasons why they should. So I want to start with a really simple question that kind of just comes right out of the first couple chapters of you, you make the case that we as Christians need heroes. Why is that? I, you know, you're, someone told me that you can tell anything you need to know about a person by who their hero is, because we're all, in some ways or another, crafting our lives, and every day we're making decisions, and, and there's, a, there's templates that we follow, and our heroes become the templates that, which we base our decisions on, and, and um, if, knowingly or unknowingly. And so there needs to be—I think the cultivating of, of good heroes is just part of what it means to— to, to be a good human being, to be living a good human life. And as Christians, then, we have ways of thinking about that and engaging in that question that are helpful. And uh, one of the things that the Christian Church has always done is, is, is put before the Christian's eyes these martyrs. They're, they're, so they're not kings, they're not lords, they're not people who have conquered uh, in, in, in great battle. They're those who have suffered and died for the name of Jesus. And the Church has always said, now here, this is your hero. These are the people that you're supposed to follow, the ones who endured to the end, who did not love their lives unto death, and who kept the faith. And I think that's that's good for us, because it sets us up. You know, one of the toughest things in life to deal with is disappointment, when our expectations are not met. And and so so the, our, our hero, the lives of our heroes sort of set our expectations. What, what do you think life is going to be like? And when when we let the Christian heroes manage our expectations, then we have it, it becomes a really different life. My my expectation is to suffer the violence of the world while rejoicing in the goodness of Christ and waiting for the resurrection of the body and the and the the, the fullness of the redemption that Jesus has won for me by his blood. That's that's my expectation, and that sets me in this world to live a different kind of life. In other words, if we're ready, maybe to say it like this, if we're ready to suffer and die for the name of Jesus, then it makes the the rejoicing and living in the name of Jesus that much better. Excellent. So give us a another part of the book that you'd, you'd like to highlight really quick, just perhaps maybe the contrast of altar, the preaching of the altar versus the preaching of the world, or any other part of the book that you'd really encourage, that you'd highlight as a, a reason for our listeners, again, to pick up this great book. Well, thank you. Um, the, the, the whole book is a kind of an extended treatment of the parable of the sower. So Jesus says the sower goes out to sow the seed, and some falls, some snatched up by the birds, some by, is snuffed out by the weak roots, some is choked out by the weeds. And in this way, Jesus outlines the three great enemies of the faith. We have the, the devil and the world and its, and, its, um, and its persecution and the flesh and its temptation. And so, so Jesus says, look, you've got three, three directions that, the, that your faith is going to be attacked. And, and it's not like the Bible doesn't say anything about it. So in each of the three middle main parts of the book, I outline what the Bible says about how our faith is, is under attack and what, what we can do about it and what the Lord Jesus does about it. So, so for all of us, and especially for young people, I, I wrote this for my daughter who's a freshman in college now, and I wanted her to meditate on this. To, to, you know, here you're, you're leaving, and, and now your own faith is going to come under attack. I know it's going to come under attack because everyone's faith is under attack. So what does the Lord say about that attack and the defense that you have in Christ and the protection that he offers in his word? 
So that's what it's for. And some of us have the attack coming from the devil, others from the flesh, others from the world. I mean, it comes at different intensities and different directions for all of us in different ways and different times. But, but hopefully the book gives, a, gives biblical wisdom to what the Lord has to say about these things. Wonderful. Yeah, I would highly encourage our listeners to check it out. I, The last chapter especially was just a huge encouragement to me and a, a reason to pick up the book by itself, not to mention the other great things that Pastor Wolf Mueller has already highlighted. So before we close out the podcast, I do want to ask the question, since this is the Lutheran cartographer, what's it like being Lutheran in Austin? Is it a lot of Catholic presence there? Is it with the new Austin? Is it just a lot of secularism? What's it like being Lutheran there? Well, it's a, I don't know the answer to that yet. It's one of the advantages of being in Colorado is that nobody had ever heard of the Lutherans. There's a longer Lutheran tradition here in Texas. It's a unique Lutheran tradition because it's a blend of the German Lutheran, the kind of Saxon Lutherans, and also the the Windish Lutherans who migrated to Texas and the Ben Nevis, and, and this is a, it's a kind of a mix between those two. So the Lutheran culture here in Texas is, a, is different uh, than it is uh, in, the, in the rest of the world, but, but thankfully we're still the minority. I mean, I think that's great because we just got so much room to grow. Uh, and, and so it, uh, I think we still are unknown. There's not a lot of megachurches in Austin either, which mm. makes it very different from some of the other major Texas cities. There's huge, huge megachurches in all the, in Dallas, you know, in Houston, in San Antonio, big megachurches. There's maybe a, a couple here in Austin, but nothing like in the rest of Texas. So that's also very unique. And the Christian culture here is, mm, it's progressive. There's three or four seminaries kind of clustered around uh, the University of Texas, and they are your kind of classic mainline uh, seminaries. And so the Christian culture here is certainly not a, a confessional culture at all. So, so again, it makes, it makes the, the wisdom and the comfort that we have in the law and the gospel even that much more precious. I see. So as we close out the podcast, I want to make sure that we have the opportunity to talk about anything as you'd like to highlight in terms of the theological things that you've built. We've already talked about a martyr's faith. Where else would you like to point our listeners? Well, that probably every, all the different various stuff that um, I'm working on in one way or another ends up on the website wolfmuller.co. I couldn't, um, I couldn't afford the M. So wolfmuller.co is where it all is. And you, there's podcasts and there's the YouTube stuff and you could sign up for Wednesday, whatnot. It's a free weekly theological email. Um, you can see the certificates that we have. We're publishing a lot of public domain books and there's some Bible studies there. And the new project, we got a, it's going to arrive today, a light board. So we're setting up the studio here. So I'm going to try to put, um, catechism class online with notes and everything like that. So so all that's kind of coming together. And all the easiest way to, to keep up with that stuff is either to sign up for the newsletter or visit the website. And so W-O-L-F-M-U-E-L-L-E-R dot C-O. And on that newsletter, on the Wednesday whatnot, I give away a, a free book every month. So if you want to add to your theological library, uh, you can you can put your name on there and see how that goes. All right, excellent. I will definitely put a link to that on the show notes page for the show, which will be lutherancartographer.com slash nine, lutherancartographer.com slash nine. Pastor Wolfmuller, thanks so much for your time today. Before we say goodbye, what are your parting thoughts for our listeners? 
Well, God be praised that you can have this podcast. I mean, and thanks for doing it. I mean, I think it's great. And it's in some ways, it's it's a confession of the Church Catholic that Jesus builds His Church in every place, and you just hey, the Church is here and the Church is there, and to realize that that we're not alone in this business. The devil always wants to isolate us and put us by ourselves, but to know that that the Lord has outposts of of light and joy in all these different places is is really great. And so I hope that when people confess, uh, I believe in the Holy Christian Church, the Catholic Church, the Church in every place that they'll remember your podcast as a little demonstration of it. So thanks for the work that you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you again for your time today, Pastor Wolf Mueller. God's peace. You're welcome. God's peace be with you as well. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today, see the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash nine. You'll find a link to Pastor Wolf Mueller's website, his book, a bunch of good stuff there. Check that out. One of the things that Pastor Wolf Mueller and I talked about before the show that I want to make sure to highlight to you is how helpful it is to him to have ratings and reviews on both Amazon and at CPH's website. So if you have already picked up A Martyr's Faith or Has American Christianity Failed, it's very helpful to Pastor Wolf Mueller if you would write a sincere and honest review on both Amazon and CPH. And with that appeal to a review, I would also appeal to you to also review this show on iTunes. Give it a rating and a review that helps it be seen and heard by more people. Last, if you're interested in that Audible offer, really cool way to pick up a audiobook, just go to audibletrial.com slash Lutheran Cartographer. I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.